This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's not a win, but it's certainly a step in the right direction. Mansfield Town draw 1-1 at home to Warsaw as Richard Cooper takes charge of his first game as caretaker Stag's manager. He changed the system, he changed the dressing room, he changed the dugout and very, very nearly changed Mansfield's fortunes in terms of wins. Alas, a defensive error in the second half, we're so used to saying that, sees Warsaw take a point. A fair result in the end. Let us know your thoughts in the comments now. This is the Cooldown post-match reaction show. Mansfield Town 1, Warsaw 1. On the evening where we're all expecting Boris Johnson to end the football season temporarily once again, the Stags sort of find a little bit more form and get a 1-1 draw at home to Warsaw as Richard Cooper takes charge of his first game as caretaker Stags manager. Will he be in charge for Tuesday's trip to Bolton? We'll wait and see. But there were certainly encouraging signs. As always, have your say on your team in the comments throughout and let us know uh, your thoughts on the game. I'm joined, as always, uh, by Cam Felton and Nathan Edge, albeit from a social distance. Cam over in Manchester, Nathan on the other side of Mansfield. I'm going to ask you both for one word and one word only to sum up uh, today's performance, boys. I'm going to start with you, Mr Nathan Edge. Better. Cam Felton. Improvement. They will have more of an import on the show 
as we go on. But as always, we want you guys at home to get involved right now. Get involved down in those comments and let us know your thoughts. I've got the phone here to try and keep up with them. As always, I'll try and do my best to scroll through as many as I can. We're here for the next half an hour or so to talk all about the Stags uh, this afternoon. Uh, Nathan has kicked us off this afternoon saying, a better performance today by the lads. Loose in some areas, but definitely something that will be worked on looked better today uh, Stephen says 72 hours to create that performance well done Coops and the rest of the backroom staff uh, Ian says uh, Marish too sloppy in possession Rawson an accident waiting to happen Steck had a good game and what a superb save in the first half Bowery looked good when he came on it showed good pace driving forward Jamie says not a bad performance be good when we have everyone back from the Covid scare Mark says going forward we was better thought White was looking not to get a red card of course course uh, substituted in the second half of Warsaw. Clive says better performance it looked like, it looked like they wanted to win downside McLaughlin and Reed. Uh, Stephen says, what did Graham Coughlin do in his time here? Come on, you stags. Andrew says, before all the manager talk happens, we can we appreciate how well Nicky Maynard played? He's still our best player after bringing all, all these new boys in. Wayne says, much better performance today, but think we need that new manager soon as with fresh ideas. Uh, Stuart says, battling performance, hoping for a manager announcement this evening. Now the match is out of the way. Um, and Ian says, a word on Steck after his uh, horrific howl of the other week. World-class save first half and looks more assured. Pedro says, much better. I'm happy with that. Lacked width though, need O'Keefe. Let's delve straight into that Nathan Edge. Um, obviously, Richard Cooper took charge uh, of the boys today. He had uh, two days training training effectively with the lads. Um, preparations were dealt a bit of a blow as well, um, I believe, on Thursday when uh, Roland Menayese picked up a little bit of a knock. He missed out today. Uh, James Perch had to play centre-half, left-side centre-half again alongside Faz Rawson, so a makeshift back four, but he changed it all the same. A change system went to a 4-3-3, and from the off, it was relatively effective with effectively eight attack-minded players on the pitch. Yeah, I mean, uh, initially seeing the starting lineup, I was, uh, you know, I was quite excited to see. Obviously, I knew we were going to be suspect at the back, which we were, we're going to be anyway. We have been all season, so there's no no massive change there. But obviously, it wasn't helped by the fact that we're missing, um, you know, a few key players there. So, uh, you know, but, but but looking at the team lineup as a as a whole, it was looking like you know it's going to be attacking, which was what we've been crying out for, you know, over the last few weeks. Uh, but what was more what I was more happy to see is that we actually, you know, kept the kept possession a bit, kept the ball, uh, tried to, you know, make some nice passing sequences. You know, we 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 seem to just want to have a bit bit of freedom on the on, on the ball and, and try and try and build. I mean, the first half it was a bit shaky. I mean, certainly. I mean, it, I know I've been moaning about it for the whole season about uh, the likes of Sweeney, Rawson, and and the, and the likes of hoofing it long. But today I kind of wish. Uh, Rawson and Perch did hoof it long when they had it because it was a bit bit scary at some time across the back line. But when we did get it, um, you know, quite obvious Steck didn't, you know, had the instructions to try and play it short where he could. When we did get it out and started playing it forward, when you got it to the likes of Charles Lee, etc., and we started to see a bit of um, you know, decent passages of play. So when you consider that's all been worked on in about two training sessions, you know, you do have to give credit to you know, first of all, to, to Coops and the coaching staff and, and then two to the players to sort of um, being brave enough to go out and try and play that because it could have been very easy to go back into their roots and just knock it long all the time like they've done 
all season. Yeah, a lot of credit must go, Cam Felton, to Richard Cooper and, and the coaching staff who made a lot of changes, a lot of behind-the-scenes changes as well, which we'll touch upon uh, later on. Uh, but their primary objective, as he said sort of uh, in his uh, pre-match interview and in, in his uh, um, sort of press conference uh, in the week, um, as well, one thing he wanted to do was just lift the boys' spirits, get them playing with a little bit more confidence. Like Nicky Maynard said, the dressing room had been been flat and quiet, um, and I, I certainly felt, even though we had a few nervy moments, like like Nathan said, I certainly felt uh, that uh, that was something that was very much implemented. Um, and as the game progressed, certainly was was highlighted. Yeah, I think. Um especially in midfield and I think the, the the three going forward had a little bit more freedom with what they were able to do they weren't they weren't told how to play they had a, obviously had a game plan but they would just had a little bit more freedom so you, you, you like to George Maris uh, Harry Charlesley um and um George Lapsley going forward they just just looked more comfortable on the ball and it was difficult condition because they absolutely hammered it down in Mansfield obviously so it was a bit uh, a bit wet underfoot, slipping was quite a big part of the game, um, but but dealt with it quite well. And I think we were very unlucky not to come away with the win, to be fair. I thought we set up quite well, very attacking, which is something that was completely different to what we've done in the past. Uh, but it, it, it was working and we were uh, definitely deserving of our goal. Um, a little bit unlucky with, the, with, uh, with conceding, but it's not always going to go your way, is it? No, it's not. And, and, and that goal, in, in actual fact, Nath, really, you can't really blame. You know, Callan Gordon can play right back, but predominantly more of a wing back and an attacking winger and was, was pushing high upfield to try and get us that second and try and really uh, grab hold of the game. So I've got no real complaints. I thought our overall play was a lot, lot better, a lot brighter. And we just looked from the first minute like we were pressing, like we were chasing it more, like we actually wanted to take the game and and raise our standards more yeah i mean I, I said to i said in our group chat before the match didn't i um you know i don't see us keeping a clean sheet today but i just hope that we might be able to outscore them so you know although that didn't quite materialize you know we we did create some some chances and at, you know at certain points i did think we maybe deserved to be to to, to possibly be ahead I, I don't think we were heading shoulders above warsaw but you know, I do think we, we might have just uh, deserved a, a little bit more out of the game. Um, and I just, you know, I just felt it was, there was a lot of promising signs there. Like I said, more the, the, the way we were when we was on the ball. We, you know, I don't know what the possession stats were today, but um, I'd imagine they would have been a lot better than, than previous games because, you know, we actually tried to keep the ball between us. We actually passed the ball rather than going for the long, long option, which, uh, you know, I, I want uh, that's what I want to see from from Mansfield Town a bit more, and I I think we saw the players growing confidence with that. Cause I, I I thought the first half we was we was we was good, but the second half I actually thought we were better, especially going, you know, McLaughlin McLaughlin the first half was was awful, but he he was like Jekyll and Hyde, he was a lot better the second half. Uh, but again, growing confidence. I felt Gordon did a lot better the second half as well, linking with with Maynard down that right side. So. Is the more the players got used to sort of settling into that, and those initial nerves uh, disappeared a little bit, we we improved. It was just that you know that threat was always there from Warsaw, and the way we've been defensively, and the adding to the mix that you've got um, you know you've got key players missing, 
uh, didn't you know, he was always going to be susceptible to conceding. Yeah, that, that's, let's highlight that, Cam, because I think Nathan's made an absolutely fantastic point there. You know, Richard Cooper's come in. Um, he's only really got Jamie Maguire with him that's been working with the, the first-team squad. Mike Whitlow and, and the, the two Sams, uh, Wilson and Collins, have been working within the academy. So they won't have seen too much of it. Yes, they might have, you know, watched the games, watched some of the highlights, etc. cetera. Uh, but they, they, they were coming into it fresh. And basically, the first thing that Richard Cooper said in his interview on, on I believe, Thursday was... The first thing he did was sit down with the medical team and, and say, look, I'm not interested in what I've not got at the moment. I'm, just tell me what I've got and then we'll go from there. And, you know, you look at the, the, the players that were missing, Mal Benning, Corey O'Keefe, Ryan Sweeney, obviously Ollie Clark's injured, Joe Riley. Um, there's a lot of players there that he would have perhaps liked to have selected um, today to try and get us that first win, but couldn't. And you, you've got to give him the credit for, for basically putting out a really, really stretched uh, eleven, and and a completely in a completely different system, which which they've not played and only trained for 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 two sessions, really. Yeah, and I think you you look back and you think, had we have got your key players like your Rollin Menaes, um, you're right, haha, funny, uh, Ryan Sweeney, Mal Benning, had we got them players, it'd have been a completely different result in my eyes. It it, it was just that, um. Yeah, we, we literally just patched it up as the best we could. We had no choice. What else could we do? Um, so I think we, we played quite well, considering I thought that James Perch, obviously he's been a little bit shaky the last few games, but I thought he had one of his better Mansfield games today. I thought that was his um, best performance in a stag shirt so far, actually, with the captain's armband on as well. Yeah, um, it, it, it was a, there were a few moments where we were a bit shaky. And I yeah, think, but he's not a centre-back, is he? He's, he's never really oh, no, played no. this. Yeah. Especially left there side was, as well. Uh, Rawson playing the, 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 the ball back to him across the back like, like he did a few times as well. So he didn't like that. <laughs> I'll say it was just, yes, we were stretched, but I think the players did really well to adapt to it. And yeah, like we said, yes, they only had maybe one or two, one or two training sessions to actually work on that. So it's... Um, so we're making we're making steps forward, and obviously it'll be a massive boost when we do get uh, your Mal Bennings and whatever back in. Uh, he should be available two, for three, Tuesday. Two weeks time. Yeah, Tuesday um, is it? Yeah, Mal Benning was back. Just to clarify, Mal Benning was back in the building uh, and trained Tuesday, but obviously um, wasn't considered for for selection. Uh, so he will be, uh, I would have thought, available for Tuesday. I'm sure we'll get some more clarity on that um, from Cooper's post match. Corio Keith, therefore, will be back in training Monday, and then Ryan Sweeney will be at the end of the week, um, if not early. Uh, the week after. Let's go to a few more of your comments. Keep them coming in tonight. Have your say. How do you think um, that we did? Would you like to see uh, Richard Cooper given a little bit uh, more time? Personally, I'm sure we'll touch upon this uh, later on as well. Uh, I think he will definitely be in uh, for Tuesday night's game at Bolton. I think uh, having prepared for today and, and sort of had a look at what he's got and, and with what he's done today, uh, I think it would be uh, um, probably the wrong move to... Uh, to bring in, even if we do appoint a new manager, I would, I would uh, before then, I would, I'd like to see Cooper take charge uh, and certainly take charge of training uh, and take Tuesday's game, allowing the new man to come in uh, and, and and work from uh, the Sunderland game in the FA Cup and obviously the the, the cup game if it goes ahead 
uh, with Scunthorpe in the uh, Papa John's trophy. Let's go to a few more of your comments, as I say. Uh, Stuart says, Boris is late with our new manager announcement. Yeah, half past six. Uh, we're hearing for Boris's lockdown 2.0 um, announcement. It's like a really crap film starring Danny Dyer, that, isn't it? Lockdown 2. Uh, Keith says, uh, well done, Stags. Not a bad result considering from a Stags fan in the stormy far... Uh, Stormy part of far north Scotland. Uh, take care and stay safe. Uh, Andrew says, not a clue why Sinclair uh, gets a chance every time, doesn't get a chance. Uh, every time he comes off the bench, he's changed the game. Start the young lad and give him uh, a chance. Um, uh, Nigel says, I'm convinced the lads will watch that back with Coops and build on it. Nervy start, but with O'Keefe and Co back, we'd have won that game. Chris says, pressing it, pressing in the floor, better possession, uh, better in confidence with a new manager, I think will be okay. May not go up, but I'm sure we won't go down. Happy with today's result. Wayne says, Steck uh, scares the crap out of me every time the ball goes in the box, so I can only imagine how the defence feels. Um, uh Nigel says Steck was also playing without an accomplished centre-half in front of him uh, today. True. Um, and um, uh, I don't understand the comment from Roy Font. Want to have a go um, today? I, I don't get that. Um, keep no. your cup... Don't, oh, don't want to have a go today. Yeah, um, it's spelt Font, though. Um, so there you go. Uh, keep your comments coming in. Apologies, Roy. Um Keep your comments coming in. Really want to hear what you've got to say um, about today's game. Let's address some of the things which Richard Cooper changed because one thing... Um, we, uh, sorry, Roy's uh, added to his comment. Uh, don't want to have a go today, but why uh, But why one sub? I'd love to see Sinclair um, stack and main... I'd love to see Sinclair stack and Maynard far better today. Um, very quickly on the subs thing, I think that... Very rarely, I agree with the commentary team on this one. I actually felt Mantua were playing quite well. Um, Bowery did quite well when he came on. Cook was starting to get a little bit leggy. Probably with um, Tuesday in mind, he was was taken off. But I felt the midfield three were working uh, quite well together. Uh, Michael says, credit where it's due. Massive improvement on the last game. And I thought Steck and Perch played really well today. Much more belief in the players and better movement all round on the pitch. Let's have a little look at some of the things which um, Richard Cooper did to alter the mindset and try and get the boys uh, up and, and ready uh, for the game. The first one, and, and this was a massive one for me, Nath, was the fact that he moved the entirety of the squad from the dressing rooms in the quarry lane end to get changed in, in the Kevin Bird suite, something which we sort of figured out um, before kickoff. I said it a little bit when I did a bit of a preview beforehand looking at the team news. Um, but he he changed the dressing room and by doing that for those who aren't um, clear at the moment um, let's let's put it into a bit more context with the COVID rules using the, the dressing rooms meant that um, the Stags were the only team allowed in the dressing room area so they ha then had to split over the two rooms so it would basically work as the starting 11 in the home dressing room and then the subs and sort of uh, backup players in the other staff would be in the away dressing room so therefore being split over two rooms automatically divides your team um, it also makes it harder to get your instructions over at half time and get those team talks done whereas the away team when they were coming to us they were getting changed in the much larger uh, Kevin Bird suite which was then you know spaced out socially distanced and allowed all of the squad and everything to be together and from a mindset point of view Nate having the, the the squad all together in one room rather than have to sort of shout between the two rooms that was a massive massive plus point and something which was needed to sort of pull everybody together and rather than sort of carry on in in that old mindset 
Yeah, I mean, well, just for that first point you made there about the whole, um, you know, giving over the whole team talk situation. I mean, you'd have thought, uh, you know, Graham Cochran might have done this a bit earlier because actually it kind of felt, it feels a bit like the away side are at an advantage there. Exactly. You know? Especially at half time, you know, when when things haven't been going going right for us, you, and and you know you're going to be relying on those substitutes in that second half. You you want them to be in there with the team and uh, and and to be going over the game plan. Although to be fair, they probably know the game plan. It would get the ball to Sweeney and knock it long to Cook. So you know they probably wasn't much difference anyway. But um, you know at, at least so you know by Cooper doing this, it kind of this it's got those two benefits to it. Is one like we say it, it'll bring the squad together and helps him deliver, you know, the, the team talks prior and, and, you know, and during the game. But then, um, you know, that second aspect of it, which, uh, you know, it, it just, it's a change, you know, it's a fresh start. It's doing something different. So, you know, it could just be a little psychological thing. Maybe it's to, to bring a bit of good luck. You know, they, they changed, um, obviously changed uh, benches. I don't know if they just yeah. had to do that because obviously they came out of that side. I'm guessing probably that was the case anyway, but all those things, it's, you know, I'd say fifty percent psychological and fifty percent, you know, common sense of giving yourself that one percent advantage over the uh, over the opposition. Yeah, I don't get for a, for for a you know for a, for a start why if you've got the option to have your squad together in in one big room, you wouldn't take it because, like you said, it's a massive psychological advantage. And the other thing, Cam, is as well, actually, by doing that at home. The away team come to you expecting to get changed in a big function suite. They're expecting to be all together in one room. And all to, when they get there and they suddenly find that actually, no, you've got to split off into the dressing rooms and then adapt to these different protocols. Straight away, that's another psychological advantage. And then when you look at, you know, what you do at away games, like I've just said, you know, you get changed together in a function suite or on the bus or whatever, you, you stay together. It actually actually gives you a bit more routine and a bit more normality. And I actually think it's a very, very smart and shrewd move and one I'd certainly like to uh, see for, for the the immediate future continue. Yeah, exactly. Like you keep saying, it's when you are trying to get your point across, when you know that you're maybe on the ropes a little bit and you trust, you maybe need to switch it up at half-time, like, for example, Walsall did change it up. Uh, it's just like early-ish in the second half. How do you get your point across to to your players to play a specific way? And then when your subs are going to come on, you're going to be playing a similar sort of way. So it's just difficult to get your point across. And yeah, I think I think it was Bradford. Uh, I think first raised the point. I think they were taking photos of the dressing room, and their fans were like, "Oh, what's what we're doing here? Why are we getting changed in there?" And it's like, well, <clears throat> I mean, firstly they've got to, but. You you come to these what like I know our grounds relatively big, but the dressing rooms aren't massive, are they? So Absolutely not. And it, da- Danny in the comments has said, "Are you really saying that our form was down to being in the change rooms? I'd imagine they'd just be in one change rooms and ignore the COVID protocol as well. Um, the referees are down there as well, um, therefore ignoring COVID protocols would." be reported as is uh, their duty am i saying that our form was down to being uh, in the change rooms no of course i'm not not at all what i'm saying is mentally in terms of mental preparation having to separate and split into two groups automatically creates a divide within the squad because 
the manager will be giving his team talk in the in one dressing room to the 11 that are on the pitch and the others they're just sat round they're not getting any instructions they don't feel involved by bringing some by bringing everybody into the same room and everybody being able to pay attention everybody being being able to have their input creates a better mentality with amongst the squad no of course it of course it does not transpire over onto the pitch that's ridiculous but being able to go out knowing that everybody's taken on the same instructions and go into the second half together is a much, much better scenario than what 11 players being in one room suddenly trudging out with five more of their mates. So, no, of course I'm not saying it, it. it's down to the form. It's just about how you prepare and get yourself ready for a game. If you think about it, Coops wouldn't have changed it if it wasn't a problem either. So Thank you. you know. If it was all working in the first place, then he, he wouldn't have bothered, you know, going into a into a into the Kevin Bird suite to change it. So obviously he's done that for a reason, and um, and and you know they're, they're they most likely are the reasons. And let's not forget, there's a bar in there as well, which has probably made him play better. Who knows? Exactly. You know, it's half. <laughs> do you want a half-time orange, a half-time drink of Powerade, or do you want a little little bit of nip, nipper whiskey from behind the bar? I know yeah, which one we don't we all choose. If Steve were there. I mean, God. <laughs> All right, have a drink of this, lads. We'll be like, CG, get this down your neck. Partakers <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. would be right back up, wouldn't they? Absolutely. Uh, Danny also says, uh, would like to see how he gets on with a full-strength side. Absolutely. Uh, if we can't get our top three targets of Cook, Clough or Hill, then I'd keep Coops. We look better today, more fight and more desire. There seemed to always be a player to cover every time uh, we were carved open. I think I'd agree with that, Nath. I think there was definitely, we certainly saw uh, a change in mentality, which is sort of what I was getting at with the whole dressing room thing anyway. Yeah, I'd, I'd, and, um, you know, you've got the two aspects. It's how we're going to set up, uh, you know, how we're going to be, um, you know, defensively. It's going to be, a, like you think ahead to Tuesday, it's going to be a very different game. So you've got the mentality of how you're going to be as a defending as a, as a squad um, and sort of how you're going to cope if you do go behind, you know, or if you're under the cosh a bit more. Because, you know, today it wasn't really ever under sustained pressure. I, you know, whenever Warsaw did come and attack us, I always felt like, you know, in comparison to uh, the other games of the season, we actually sort of got ourselves out of those issues and, and sort of answered back a little bit, which we haven't really done. It was a bit like a bit of a, a boxing match where we before we'd just been taking the hits and putting our guard up and backing away, whereas... You know, today we took those hits, but actually we came back with a few punches ourselves, and that was um, a nice, nice change to see, and 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 that'll only get better. So that's your your defensive side of, of things. And then, as I sort of mentioned earlier, what I like to see is when we're on the ball, we we grew a little bit more in confidence, and we uh, you know we we tried to play a little bit of football. And I think the the players, they, I think they want to do that. I mean, if you take um, notice of what you know, Nikki said in the. Uh, in, the, in the interviews in you know in the midweek about yeah I don't know if he really if, I don't know if he meant to say it as uh, as blunt as he did but it's kind of not playing like robots anymore which sort of made makes you makes it makes you think that they've been told to play in a certain way and they can't really divert from that whereas now they can express themselves a little bit and when you've got good players you need to give them the, a bit of bit of leeway to go and go and express themselves and we we had signs of that today obviously 
it's early days, but we did have signs of that, and that's only positive. Yeah, exactly. Creativity doesn't come from somebody else pulling the strings of a puppet. It comes from, you know, being able to to go out there, play in in different styles, and, and get amongst it. And I, I really, really uh, felt that that showed uh, today. Uh, Pedro says different changing rooms, good idea. Signals a change in uh, signals a change psychologically. Uh, Michael says I think it was a top decision, top class from Coops. Clive says, uh, excellent comment, success, it can be about fine margins. If switching change rooms has helped, then well done, Coops. Absolutely, and it is those little fine margins. You know, it's, he's not the first to do it either, uh, let's be honest. Um, you know, when Steve Evans came came to the club, the, the when you could actually be all 11 players in one dressing room, he switched the dressing rooms around. Um, the away dressing room at the time was, which is now the home dressing room, was a far superior dressing room. Didn't have sort of these robotic booths uh, which he got changed in. Didn't have pillars. It was nice, open, and he made that change and sort of uh, sw- and switched it round a little bit. I think it was him. It was either him or Dave, one of the two. Um, and then um, you know, uh, Adam Murray when he uh, took caretaker charge, he I remember famously he switched ends for a long time and made the away team go and warm up in front of the home fans and be as distant as they could from uh, um, from their own travelling fans. And it is those little... In fact, Murray used to say this a lot, didn't he, Cam? You know, it is those little 1-2% which over the course, longer term, do add up and do make a difference. And when you've been in, in a run of form and uh, psychologically and, and mentally as we have been so far this season, those things do add up. Those 1 or 2% do make a hell of a difference. Yeah, and I think another thing that I think when Steve Evans first came in, he changed the dress, the, the dugout yes, from did, yeah, un- yeah. under the Bishop Street, just so that fans were really on top of the away the away bench and the away uh, subs. So it's like, yes, it, it really does make a difference. Psychology in football is a massive part of the game, and it's not necessarily down to how 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 you prepare to the game, as in like the way that you your dressing rooms or whatever are. And he was and he was barking mad. Podcast dog. I'm human. Oh, shocking. <laughs> Trick or treat? Do they not know about COVID? <laughs> yeah, they're not allowed to. Shocking. Well, uh, <laughs> Carry yeah, on, Cam. Like, yes, it, it it does make a difference. If like obviously in the dressing room, but when you when we are allowed fans in, that really does make a difference because where the away dressing room is, it's right underneath the rowdy lot in sort of like more cue box sort of way. See. So it really does get on the back of your teams, and we when you need to make the places like a bit more, you don't want to make the away team too comfortable. And it just seems like obviously we've, I guess we've not won a game all season, and they're gonna teams are gonna think they're gonna have an easy game against us. But we've got to make it as difficult as possible. And yeah, like splitting the dressing room up is an absolute pain in the ass. But use it in the right way it can actually benefit the club, uh, like going forward. So. And just for example, going to so like Bolton Tuesday night. I don't know if they. I think they might be still using their dressing rooms. Yeah, because they might be. I think they're, they're big enough, aren't they? Yeah, well, I mean it's thirty thousand stadiums. So, but it's like so you've been adaptable in in this whole situation and and just trying to make the the best of what we've got whilst also having a bit of an edge. So keeping the team together, being able to have a bit more bit more of a routine turning up on a match day going to a specific place absolutely you mentioned uh, Bolton on Tuesday night they got absolutely battered uh, today we'll have a look at the full-time scores and where that leaves things in terms of the uh, the league table after today's result go on 
Quick thing I do want to mention. Obviously, Bolton are in a horrific state of form at the minute. With this whole manager situation, Everett's very much on a tightrope. Yeah, he is. And I think they've we only, need, just looking so, at their results, they've only won two. Um, and they were expected, weren't they, with the investment they made to, to be up there like we were. So they're going to be looking at their managerial situation. So I'm not saying that we need to rush getting someone in, but our first choice could very much be disappearing off up the road from me soon. Possibility. Um, but again, I, I don't know what the situation is with them. But um, one thing I was, I was going to mention with uh, less than two minutes left of, uh, of the chat, not that we give a toss about the, the clock anymore. That's gone out the window, especially with no podcast in the week. Well, this is the only chance we get to talk. Um, so we'll be on till midnight. Uh, anyway, um, I was going to say about the, the, the managerial situation. If we sort of mentioned it a little bit earlier, but um, for me, I think following the way we played today, the changes um, uh, which we made and we implemented, um, I'd be a li- I'd be very hesitant towards appointing somebody this evening or, or on Monday. I'd certainly let, let Coops... Um, and and Mike Whitlow and his team take charge of Tuesday night and then look after that in terms of appointment. I, I think um, we'd be taking a, a, a maybe a, a, a stumble, a risky sideways step if we were to, to appoint and, and give a new manager just a, a day's prep. Yeah, well, I mean, they might they might get it done in the background, behind the scenes and things, but I think in yeah. a, you know when it comes to actually announcing it and putting that manager sort of in the... In, in the role as such, it, it probably would make sense to, uh, you know, leave it till to either, you know, shortly before the Bolton game and just make the point that they're going to be there watching in the stands, etc. Um, or, or leave it till after, you know, either of those I think would be, uh, you know, a, a wise thing to do. Um, but, you know, like I agree with you, I don't think it would be much point in a manager coming in now and actually just trying to take the game for, for, for Tuesday with uh, you know only going to be sort of one training session in between that so um, you know who knows I mean that what they'll probably do is if they've got a potential man lined up they'll probably sort of uh, I guess go with their guidance what they'd think you know some managers probably wouldn't want to come in and have the first game because if you think about it as well from their point of view um, they want to get off to the best start they can and if they're going to come in with sort of one training session before a Although you know Bolton are struggling, they're still expecting to win most games, and uh, they're probably thinking one day it'll start for them, and they'll be wanting to start that on on Tuesday. So, that is what is our manager going to really want to come in and and uh, potentially start on a defeat? Not really. So um, I'd fully expect Coops to take it on Tuesday, and you know after today, he, you know kind of deserves a, yeah. a second game. So uh, I expect to probably see something later in the week. Yeah, and you mentioned obviously came about potentially at losing our top target, so to speak. Um, you know, if uh, Everett was was to go at Bolton, obviously Salford's still looking for a manager as well. But that's the thing there are there aren't for me a top target. There's three or four who, like we said in the podcast in the week, we'd be very happy to see uh, appointed. So I don't think it's a case of having to rush in and, and get the the deal signed. I think it, it's still very much a case of. Let's take a time a little bit and let's and let's rebuild. Well, yeah, it wasn't that I was saying that we've got one specific no, no, target, but yeah, exactly. There's all the clubs that are going to be looking for managers. It's this time of the season where managers do start to go, and this these teams that are having poor starts, obviously um, Scunthorpe having a bad start, Southend, 
and then further up the league, so League One Championship, where they're not maybe doing as well as they should. So your people like your Danny Cowleys are going to soon be snapped up. Paul Cook will soon be snapped up. Um, Nigel Cluffle, I'd imagine, will be snapped up as well. So we can't leave it too late, but we can't rush it either. No, no, and I think for me, the perfect time would probably be when would probably be Wednesday. Thursday, possibly Friday, after, after poss- Bolton, yeah. possibly Friday, and, and allow Coops to have Tuesday, and, and even you know give give him the Saturday at Sunderland as well. I mean, none of us are really expecting to go there and uh, and get a result, but it would also also then if the Scunthorpe game in the in the um, Papa John's Trophy also went ahead, it would give a new manager if they came in sort of you know Wednesday Thursday, it'd give them two games that aren't league games to have a look at the squad to try a few different uh, things with without any risk whatsoever so sort of i think this this coming week after the Bolton game on Tuesday for me Nath, is is the time to uh, to maybe implement um project new project sign Nigel Clough <laughs> Clough <laughs> Cook i don't know any of those um no you would you could look at it and think that would be uh the, you know the right time to bring them in you could also uh you know, you never know. They might be thinking, uh, you know, what's going to happen to the season uh, once sort of if you know if a lockdown is looming. Uh, you know, there's no there's no word saying the season's going to going to be null and voided again at, at at this stage. But there probably are going to be those questions asked. So that could also, you know, make a difference on when they <laughs> when they announce a manager yeah. thing. So this, um, you know, because at the end of the day, if we, if it's going to be uh, cut short or or postponed for a few months, then they probably might not rush to bring anybody in because that'll be another wage you've got to cover for a, a, a period of time. So I don't know. There's a lot of things that, that they, you know, you know, we don't know what Sharpie and uh, and the Radfords are, are working at the moment. But you know, they will certainly be thinking about this as as we are and decide what will be the best uh, best plan of action. But you are right. I think um, for me, the ideal situation is bring them in on Wednesday, um, and uh, then they've got. Two games really to just uh, tinker. Where it doesn't matter, just just whatever. If we if we lose, we probably expect to lose on Saturday against Sunderland, and nobody cares about the, the Papa Johns anyway. So uh, you know. Well, I care about Papa out. Johns. They do excellent. Um, what is it? Um, is it popcorn? Not well. It's not called popcorn chicken, is it? I think like chicken breast bites or whatever yeah. they whatever they're called. Uh, popping chicken. I don't know. They do excellent. Excellent portions of them. But in terms of the trophy itself, you're right. Couldn't care less. Well, especially when we're already out, so kind of uh, <laughs> yeah. it's a it's a no game, isn't it's rubber. it? Really? It's an absolute rubber. Honestly, like usually it's it's a fantastic competition to just go and watch because it's just like you don't. Yes, it's football, but it's not taken as seriously as as a league game, and and you get to get a chance to see the youth players coming through, and and just being able to actually go to the ground. And I don't think I've missed. I think I maybe missed one in the last few seasons, and it's just nice to go down and. It's all money in the pocket, usually. But at the minute, it's just like you get revenue from the stream, but you maybe get maybe 100 people watching. I'd be surprised if there's 100 people watching us take on Scunthorpe. Jesus Christ, two absolutely teams in a game which which neither side can can go through. I think that would just be me that night. (laughs) Yeah. I'll say we obviously watched the City game. Yeah, I'll say we watched the City game together. And there were quite a few people watching that because obviously it was first. It wasn't obviously it wasn't the first competitive game, but it was the first real chance that we yeah. get to see the team uh, set up the way that they were. And 
so that's not too bad. But I can't imagine many people watch the Lincoln game either. To be fair, no, no absolutely I, not. I can't watch them. To be fair, even if it is a, <laughs> I mean, I'll still be watching Scunthorpe. But it's a, no, it's just one of them. It's a, it's an opportunity to to experiment with the team, and that's yeah. why. I think yeah. that's that's the key thing. That's the key message we're trying to get across. Uh, Clive says Monk at Sheffield Wednesday has just been given a vote of confidence, so he'll be gone by next weekend. Uh, Danny says we need to get a manager signed if we want someone like. Uh, Cook, Clough or Hill. There's no comparison in managing a team like Bolton compared to us and I see Salford as an an attractive option uh, to managers because of their owners. Uh, He also says, can we not get a new manager signed and then have him watch from the stands for a week or two? What happens if the season is null and void? If it's like last season, average points, then we are down. Um, Well, one thing, I'd certainly say I don't think that after 10 games... Um, with some having played eight and nine, that the season would be null and void by the uh, EFL at this point, depending on what Boris uh, and his pals have to say at half past six. Um, clearly, because they realised that the football was on, they were going to do it at four, then they were going to do it at five, now it's at half six. Clearly, they, I reckon oh. Boris and Richie, Richie are watching this, to be honest. Yeah, um, they remember we podcasting. Absolutely. They can't, they can't interrupt what can they? Yeah, damn straight. Um, so, obviously, we'll, there'll be some impact on um, what they have to say, but I certainly, if the country goes into a second lockdown. I certainly don't see the season being completely cancelled. I think games might get postponed for a month, but they certainly scope to, to fit those games in and extend the season at the back end and whatever to uh, to get those games in and, and, and keep it up and running. Um, I, I think it'd be a disaster if it wasn't. I think it'd be very, very unfair after 10 games to... I don't to think cut, it'll carry on, to, to be honest. I'll say, I, as far it. as I know, it'll carry on. I think it, with... With this next lockdown, it'd be non-essential businesses. So yes, football is kind of included in that. But just the revenue, uh, it just the way that the money works in football, it'd just be a ridiculous idea yeah. just to stop it because football grounds are COVID secure venues, and it's like me, for example. Absolutely, I, I, we'd, you'd still have to go to university, and I'm taught at the Etihad. Yeah. So it's a COVID secure venue, and uh, just by the way, they, for uh, those who think who are thinking that Cam's taught the Etihad football, he's not. It's football business. He's he's never kicked a ball in his life. In fact, I've seen him kick a ball in his life before, and it wasn't a pretty sight. I'd say that I'd, I'd say that Faz Rawson's. But I mean, I mean, well, I don't kick. But I don't get kicked by a blind man. So oh, that's true. Uh, maybe I let it, that happen for comic effect. Um, Speaking of managerial merry-go-rounds, Tranmere have also just sat there manager. Have they? Mike Jackson, yeah, he's gone. Okay, interesting, uh, interesting. Again, well, yeah, it's that time of year where people—it's just going to start going ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, but still, I don't think that puts—I don't think that puts any spanners yeah. in in the works at all. And I certainly think, like Nathan said, I think it was Nathan that said it about the finance thing with, with this second lockdown. I wouldn't appoint right at this minute. Let's let's wait and see what these guidelines are from the government. Let's see then what the EFL and the FA have to say, because if we can avoid. You know, putting a man into a job when he's not going to be doing any anything um, for the first couple of weeks, then let's let's avoid it. Um, time now for you guys at home to get your votes in for today's man of the match. Clive says um, that Craig is a consumer of crappy food. Yes, I am. If they close McDonald's again, I will be heartbroken. Um, and Roger <laughs> says we're not galvanised yet. Um, we're certainly not, but we've certainly made a um, made a start today. Yeah, we we galved. Let's go with galved. We're not anised, but we certainly galved. We're, we're, we're ha- halfway there. And yes, we are living on a... 
prayer. Thank you, thank you, Nate. I, I was waiting for you to. I was waiting for you to finish the gag. Uh, right, time for you two to have a little think about your uh, man of the match uh, today. Whilst you do that, I will run through some of the uh, the scores from elsewhere in Skybet League Two today. The Stags, of course, drew one all with Warsaw. Elsewhere, though, in League Two. Exeter beat Carlisle by a goal to nil. And Barrow got their second win of the season, beating Bradford 1-0 after hammering us in midweek, costing Graham Coughlin his job. Get in. Um, elsewhere in League 2, Cheltenham 2, Forest Green Rovers 1. Same scoreline between Crawley and Cambridge. Tuesday night's opponents, Bolton, were battered 4-0 at Leighton Orient, whilst Newport's league leaders beat Harrogate by two goals to one. Salford City, under the caretakership of Paul Scholes, beat Oldham 2-0, while Southend were beaten 2-0 at home to Port Vale. Goalless between Stevenage and Grimsby, whilst, as Cam said, another managerial sacking followed as Tranmere lost by a goal to nil at home to Morecambe. In terms of the league table, it's Newport County who lead the way after 10 games. They sit top of the tree, five points clear of Cambridge in second, and it's Cheltenham in third on 19 points. Exeter, Port Vale, Forest Green and Crawley occupy the playoffs. At the other end of the table, it's Southend who are propping up the league. They've lost their last five on the spin with two points all season. The only other team yet to win this season other than ourselves. Scunthorpe sit in 23rd. They haven't played today. They've now got two games in hand on ourselves who sit in 22nd on six points, six draws um, so far this season to get those six points, four defeats uh, from our 10 games. Can we win at Bolton, who were in 19th on Tuesday? And will it be Richard Cooper, the man in charge? We will certainly have to wait and see. A much improved performance, though, today. A one-all draw. It could have been a 2-1 win, but a 1-1 draw in the end a fair result but who will we be voting as today's Mansfield Matters Man of the Match And then how many contenders have you got for today's Man of the Match? I'll start with you, Cam. How many are you putting up for the vote? Uh, I've got three. Ooh, okay. Nathan Edge, any advances on three? I think I've got three as well, at least. Mm. I'm not sure I've got three. I'm not sure I can manage three. I think I might have two. Um, go on then, Cam. I'll hear your three, and then we'll see if Nathan is in, in agreement. Uh, I thought Nicky Maynard... Um... Definitely had his his best game for us this season so far. Um, it just looked. I don't know whether it's because he, it was just the, the the way that we're playing or whatever, or just him mentally was just a little bit a uh, little bit more dangerous today. Going forward, getting the ball, running at the defence, and obviously a fantastic read of that missed shot from uh, George Lapsley to get on the end of that and and poke it home, and fantastic timed run. Uh, to beat the offside as well was uh, fantastic. I thought that 
although he was kind of at fault for the goal, I thought Callum Gordon was was decent getting up the wing, getting up into decent positions. Uh, it when he was back in defence, he, he did well. Um, but going forward, I thought he was fantastic, and I think he um, he did quite well. And another one might might turn a few heads, but I thought James Perch, I thought he did quite well at the back. Obviously, it's a position that he has played before for other teams, but it was something that he was not done for us. And just how short we are at the back at the minute, I thought he did a fantastic job to cover, and I thought um, obviously I thought he deserved to have the the captain's armband on. Um, being one of the more, more senior players, but I think he dealt dealt with the pressure quite well. Same three names, Nath? Um, almost. Uh, Nicky Maynard, uh, yes. Uh, James Perch, I'm also gonna gonna go for, uh, given the fact that he's had to play out of position, made captain. Um, you know, tough tough ask, but obviously he's experienced, so uh, you know you'd like to trust somebody with with experience to be able to go and do that, but. It's not it's easier said than done, and he did did well. Uh, got his customary yellow card, I think, as, as he does every game. He's I think that's like four. Bishop, I, think. I think that's four now for the season yeah. for James Perch in, in the league. So uh, certainly needs to be careful. He's certainly approaching a ban. I think it's every game he plays. He gets. He, he, it's a bit like um, Neil Bishop. He always got his customary yellow card. Uh, so uh, Perch is going down that uh, down that route. Well, it must be an old man thing, maybe. <laughs> and you third? Uh, oof. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Hope it's not listening. Um, yeah, so James Perch is in there, and um, you know I'm kind of 50-50 between Charlesley and Lapsley. I thought they both did pretty well. They both battled well. Uh, Lapsley, in particular, he was, he was uh, certainly battling a lot, but he did give the ball away a few times as well. So uh, in the midfield, I probably I thought Charlesley had another good game. He didn't really do anything wrong. Didn't do anything spe- you know special, but very lucky not to did, score. Did yeah, he did you know? It, and he looked a threat, and he uh, you know he did he, he was positive on the ball, so. Uh, it's, it's Charlesley, Maynard and Perch for me. Absolutely. I think uh, my three, um, Maynard, uh, again, like like you've both said, I thought he played very, very well. He sat a little bit deeper today, came and helped out in the midfield and, and really helped us uh, transition between defence and attack. Like Cam said, took his, his goal superbly well, timed his run to perfection. Uh, unlucky maybe not to have a, a couple more today. Certainly his best uh, display in a stag shirt since re-signing in the summer. If you can continue to play like that, uh, with that hunger and and that sort of uh, intent, uh, then we will certainly see a much improved Nicky Maynard as the weeks go on. Uh, my second choice, I agree, James Perch. Uh, likewise, again played out of position, arguably left side centre half. We know he's played there one or two times in the past, but predominantly likes to play in midfield or uh, at right back. Uh, handled captaincy very very well. Uh, led us quite well, which we, we've needed uh, for a while. Put some good blocks in. Yes, it was a little bit shaky to start off with, but did sort of establish a bit of a partnership with uh, with Faz Rawson. Um, obviously, I don't think he'll play there on Tuesday. Obviously, you've got Aaron O'Driscoll to add uh, back in the mix on Tuesday and Mel Benning as well. O'Driscoll's suspension, of course, uh, for, for today and uh, is over uh, for Tuesday. Um, but uh, played very well there, did perch in letters quite well, as you said. Uh, my other one, though, is one which neither of you said. Um, I'm going to go for the goalkeeper, Marek Steck. I thought uh, he played very, very well today. Very unlucky to concede the goal. Got a, a firm hand to the ball and uh, was very unfortunate not to, to, to keep the ball out. I felt he made a, a, a superb uh, save, two, a double save, really, actually. Superb save and then follow-up uh, 
follow-up catch at nil-nil when we were sort of looking a little bit shaky and on the ropes. That really, for me, sort of firmed us up a little bit and gave us a bit more belief in our play going forward and then made a good save in the second half as well. Obviously, he's had his critics uh, from us um, as well. Um, and has answered them uh, answered them a little bit today, so he's in contention for me. Um, but I think Maynard will be my top choice. Um, give me your your top name, and then we'll we'll, we'll have a look uh, in the comments as well. Cam, one name and one name only. Uh, yeah, I think it's got to be Nicky Maynard. Just his all round play, and obviously got the goal, so that's always a bit of a bonus yeah. as well. But he just did really well. Obviously, I think it, it did it did well. I think. Cook and Reed were up there. I think as a front three going forward, I thought they were fantastic. But obviously, Nicky getting the goal was was always going to push him a little bit further ahead. Yeah, Nathan, uh, I'm agreeing with Maynard. Are you going to make it a hat trick? Uh, yeah, I mean, I actually thought of Cook and, and Maynard. Uh, Cook and Reed were pretty poor today, but um, yeah, I felt I felt so, Cook got anyway. a little. I, I felt Cook got a little bit um, of of stick um, today. I, I didn't. I wasn't overly impressed with Reed, but I felt Cook did all right in breaking things up, but he, his passing uh, could have been better. But again, I think it's getting used to that partnership, isn't it? When you've gone from playing in a one on your own, isolated up top to suddenly playing in a three. And I don't think, he's obviously clearly not used to getting the ball to feet, you know, it's yeah. normally just into his head or, yeah. his, or his chest. So, um, you, know, you know, I guess you got to look at that side. But anyway, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with, 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 Mick, with Nicky Maynard. Yeah, clean sweep from us on saying Nicky Maynard and pretty much a clean sweep from you guys in the comments as well. Steven says Maynard, Cathy says Maynard, uh, Clive says Maynard worked his butt off. Um, Joe says Gordon and Maynard. Um, and Mark says Gordon's impressed in the last two games. Uh, Kevin says, was there a man of the match? Not in my TV. Well, maybe try your iPad. Um, I felt we've, we've, we played very... Uh, uh, much improved uh, today from where, considering where we we have been over the last couple of games or so, and certainly uh, patches for improvement onwards. As we mentioned to uh, to uh, to Tuesday night to Bolton, um, it will be a very tough game, Nathan Edge. Obviously, you know they've come off; they'll be coming off the back of that beating um, today as well, so they'll be hungry to to improve. But we'll still be itching to uh, to get that uh, get that first win. And uh, I think if we play like today. Obviously, we've got O'Driscoll to come back. We've got Mal Benning to potentially come back. We're going to be a little bit more boosted. I think if we can play like that at, at, uh, and, and take the game to them, I think we could be, fingers crossed, sitting here on Tuesday night, 15 minutes after the full-time whistle, potentially talking about three points. I don't want to curse it, but uh, I, I certainly feel a lot more positive going into that game than I would, would have done perhaps a week or so ago. Well, I've heard of commentators, to, commentators curse, but I don't know. Is there a podcaster's curse? Maybe you just uh, maybe I've created one. Maybe it's a maybe it's a new thing. <laughs> but um, I mean, it's it's one of them games, isn't it? I mean, everyone's still expecting Bolton to click at some point uh, and just start winning and start climbing the table. So, you know, today's result is a you know a massive sort of eye opener, a bit of a of an earthquake sort of uh, for them I guess uh, they, they certainly probably were expecting to get a lot more out of the League 2 campaign they have so far they've got some great individual players but whatever's going wrong there isn't you know isn't great so um, you know there's, there's two there's, there's one or there's one of two things that are going to happen on Tuesday um, either we're going to be able to really take advantage of that and finally build on you know build on what we've done 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 today and can go and and finally get that that win and, and a good performance, or the the opposite is uh, you know they, they they might click and 
and we'll see that sort of individual individuality of uh, you know of uh, excellence they've, they've got in their players, and uh, you know they might click and 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 do one over. So obviously we hope it's the first one, but um, it'll be an interesting uh, interest to see how it pans out. Big week ahead for Mansfield Town. My thanks as ever to Cam Felton and to Nathan Edge. We will see them on Tuesday, 15 minutes after the full-time whistle as the Stags head to struggling Bolton. Can Mansfield get their first win of the season or will Boris's announcement in less than half an hour's time put pay to that? Either way, in the here and now, it was a much improved display today as the Stags draw one all with Warsaw under the caretaker stewardship of Richard Cooper. I'm sure he'll be in charge for Tuesday night's game as well. Make sure you join us and most importantly, stay safe and keep yourself sane. It's a mental world which we live in at the moment. Football is usually the, the relief, but unfortunately with the Stags in 22nd place, having not won in 10 games, it's not quite been there. Hopefully Tuesday we'll see a change to that. Make sure you join us on the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. Good night. See you Tuesday. Probably. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans